0: You're now joining us for part two with Tom Batista, former national cross-checker and scout with the Atlanta Braves and current president and founder of AMG Sports Group. So let's just get right into it. Um, Just, you know, I know we got got off on a tangent there, but if we can kind of, you know, circle back around and talk about that a little bit more, because that's why you're here. Really? So. Right. <laughs> right, right. No, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm here for the same reasons that you were
1: just saying. I care. Like, um uh, for all the people who are doing Zoom, I wish I had stock in Zoom before this yeah, happened. I didn't even know what it was. I never heard, I never heard, <laughs> hey, I'm doing a Zoom call. <laughs> Everyone's like, hey, you have another video call. Hey, want to FaceTime me? Hey, we're Zo Zoom. We got a Zoom call at 2.30. I'm like, okay, so Zoom again. Zoom is really picking up. Well, then they've, people have really taken a good opportunity to like, like you do, like you know, CBA is doing Zoom stuff because they want to train with with. Uh, even mean, kids like your all the guys that are in your program are like impressive young men that are good student athletes. Um, you guys have a criteria for how you recruit players into the program, and mm-hmm. it pretty much is similar to um, what we're talking about with AMG Sports Group. It's it's, it's my company. Um, I'm the owner and the president of it, and I started it uh the last month uh when I was finishing with the Braves in two thousand and eighteen in December, um, I incorporated it. And in two thousand and nineteen in January, uh I just worked on uh everything I needed uh, to create the foundation for the business and get certified. I had to go uh you know for about six months of uh, uh learning, studying, reading, um, getting uh Certified through the MLB PA Player Agent Regulations, it was it's a it's a like a collaboration between the Major League Baseball Rules and that Major League Baseball Players Association uh, Player Agent Regulations, and those two things combine and they create um, the Collective Bargaining Agreement that everybody knows about. It's called the CBA, and the Collective Bargaining Agreement is, is pretty much a uh, combination of uh agreement of the two organizations, MLB and the MLBPA, mm-hmm. the, the clubs and the, or, and the owners and the organization and, you know, the, the players and the organization that represents the players. And they have to have, you know, some, some kind of agreement on the rules for Major League Baseball. So, um, and that's like a that's, a, that's a, you know, like a master's degree in itself, you know, it's a, there are a lot of details. There's a lot of math. There's a lot of calculations, a lot of things that we have to do um, to be prepared to protect uh, players. And we have fiduciary duties to uh, the players you represent, um, whether it's a draft pick out of high school um, and, and trying to secure the signing bonuses you can, or take the right steps um, college versus uh, signing out of high school, uh, the best advice you can give. Um, it's a family decision to, you know, yeah, who, uh, you know, who really wants to have a player just make a snap decision? You, nobody. You know, you want uh, the people around you closest in your life to be a part of it. It's super important. It's super important to everybody's family, not just them. So making the right decision um, and making sure, like, you get college scholarship money and everything that you can to protect yourself. Uh, it's the same way. Um, you know a lawyer will uh, protect his family with like the trust that they make for their family, you know so fiduciary duty is like basically like um, a financial responsibility for that player at every every stage and every level so um, it's uh client maintenance services are simple um, it's anything from if major employee needs a car shipped somewhere and you have to like take care of all the things that would take him out of his routine. Anything like that, you know, any client maintenance service that uh, needs to be done, you know, you're working on it, paperwork, uh, help set up an LLC account, you know, someone bought a property, uh, condo and spring training, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, going to be my new home now for the next however many years, as long as I'm able to play, uh, things like that. So, you know, for those reasons, it's, uh, it's um, like legal, but you also have to know when to ask for help. So... The Players Association has general counsel, assistant general counsel. Very, very impressive um, lawyers. And uh, these guys, uh, they know all the tricks. You know, they know all the things that, you know, you could miss. And they're they're superstars in what they do. Super impressive. Um, I wasn't expecting it, you know, when I first started looking into it. And then when I decided to make that change, um, I had already incorporated AMG Sports Group before I even Um, You know, signed up for uh, certification exams, you know, six months in advance. And then when I started going through the process, I was really surprised and very happy to see that players are um, represented by more than just a person or a sports agency. It's an an embodied system. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And it made me feel real good about all the players that are in the minor leagues, major leagues and, and the guys who are aspiring to do that. So gave me a lot of confidence, made me were very, very happy because, like I said, as a scout, I was always on the player's side. And I always went to bat for them. <clears throat> you know, I just think that all the scouts are, are probably, I can't speak for uh, very many of them, um, you know, but there's a handful that I know for sure have the same feeling as me, and I have a good hunch that most of them do. They the scouts love the players, you know, they they go out there and they fight for them, all the scouts out there. Uh, these are guys are hard workers and they put a lot of time in and they put a lot of effort in. And, um, you know, they're they, they a lot of pride in what they do. <laughs> so I understand how hard it is in scouting to get players. And, you know, you have to understand your management. So, you know, I'm I'm like kind of on the other side, I always thought, oh, those agents, I don't know, man, I don't know if you can trust them. What, did, what exactly did they do? But as, um, you know, as I continued to uh, scout for, you know, another five or 10 years, uh, I realized, hey, those first 10 years, maybe I was skeptical. And these last 10 years, I learned a lot about the industry, you know. So I guess um, you know, on the representation side, um, the only guy that has signed, and part of the organization is Christian Jelic, um, and other than that, um, I think I was telling you um, yesterday that um, transactions in Major League Baseball were frozen on uh, March 28th, so all uh, the negotiations that I'm doing with a few players right now, uh, other than the, some minor leaguers that have come aboard, those other players in the Major leagues, you know, there's uh, uh, Right now, everything's off the record until transactions open up and we can actually designate players, uh, legally through the PO. Yeah. Um, so everything on my end is frozen as well, you know, yeah. so well, it's different than the PO was yeah. last year. So.
0: Yeah. so what we'll have to do then is when you're able to be more outspoken about that aspect, you know, we may have to get back on again.
1: Yeah, no, I'll be excited to say, Hey, look, at, we just signed this guy and this guy. Babe, and then these Babe two Ruth? guys here. Yeah,
0: he had, he had Babe Ruth <laughs> under contract.
1: Uh, he wouldn't, Babe Ruth wouldn't be able to. Uh, he would. He wouldn't make it to Double A in this <laughs> Probably
0: not. He'd, he'd be out of there. No chance. You know? He's, <laughs> nah, the
1: average fastball back in Babe Ruth days was like eighty-four, eighty-five miles an hour, ten miles an hour slower, and his bat was super heavy. It was a different game. He, he
0: didn't have a plus body either. He wasn't exactly.
1: Yeah, you know it depends on you know I. You know, I gave I give guys a you know uh a little bit of extra credit there. I don't. I saw I saw your body generate from your your playing days to your post playing days, and I was <laughs> actually happy to happy to see you eating better because I beat you in the fifty yard dash uh with flip flops <laughs> on. I remember one day, and that was coming. I was coming two years off of an all American still on base season for you at San Diego State. A lot, so a lot
0: can happen in two years. You made me feel fast. <laughs> <laughs> a lot can happen in 2 years and you had rainbows on yeah. and I had those cheap like uh the you know from the ABC store in Waikiki sandals on that just <laughs> those things are made out of out of like the cheapest yeah. rubber, cheapest plastic. No, no, no.
1: I you you don't remember. I blew a tire out and one of my sandals came, broke and I still crossed the finish line. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, you you're athletic too. You move well.
1: Yeah, sneaky. I like the pretend I am. You made me feel fast
0: that day. And it I wasn't one bad. day. It was like one night in the middle of the night. It was the almost, night, it was almost, almost daytime to again. Watch the Patriots. It was almost daytime again. <laughs> that's right. What, that's that's true. that's true. That's funny. Um, <laughs> but that, so, so seriously with,
1: uh, yeah, recruiting Dave Ruth. Um, yeah, that's the goal. You want to get the best players that you can. <laughs> the problem is mm-hmm. you have to, you really have to go back and get the best Person and player combined and, and, and the AMG sports group philosophy for sure yeah. if we're not it's not looking for just anybody who is looking to be represented by somebody right. um, it has to be somebody that has the same integrity and yeah. the same values and if
0: you know it's got to fit, you, fit your culture you know what you what you guys want to exemplify
1: yeah yeah, yeah. and you know I heard from our uh, uh, not totally off topic but when I was with the brave i think it was 2006 or five or six it was 2006 um, because it was before um it was before freddie freeman's draft in 07 and my, my director knew i wanted freddie freeman really bad you know and so they were giving me a hard time and they were the doctor was having like you know one-on-one conversations with me like he was trying to, to explain to me like he's getting in my head and seeing if I'm smart enough to draft the guy, the right guy or something like that. They're playing games and a little bit of fun, but it was, it was real serious too. But one of the best things I got out of this little process where they're like razzing me about if I was really right about Freddie Freeman's makeup yeah. is he said, the doctor said, I've done um, right now, this is like my 19th year studying this phenomenon, but uh, major league baseball scouts in the amateur scouting department for the draft uh, have a tendency to like players that are like themselves. So we have made a, a super strong effort to try and recruit players, I mean, I'm sorry, scouts that have integrity, loyalty, et- work ethic, uh, values, um, aggressiveness, um, smart aggressiveness, like things like that, things that really matter, things that uh, everybody that would be listening to your podcast, like would, would probably have because if they're part of your program and they're a player in CBA or somebody in an extension of that, it's it's all a family. All the baseball players out here that are serious about themselves are like that. Um, so the end of the story is they're they're basically trying to tell me, yeah, oh, I don't think we could take Freddie because you're not that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they they got me for a minute, and then I stopped believing on them. I stopped believing them actually after we picked Freddie.
0: <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he turned out to be okay.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I and mean, he had those qualities and I, it was a it was a it ended up being for all the you know raving that I took it ended up being a compliment that they they took them because that means that they were saying that they believed that I had similar yeah. qualities and 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 similar values i should say yeah um, yeah hit well, like Freddie but i had the same off the field values maybe you know yeah. so well. I think, it's uh, a fun process, a learning process, and that's for the AMG Sports Group way. Is just uh, simply that we're just um, you're just trying to do everything you can to put the player in the best environment to succeed that he can do. Whether it's um, off season workout conditioning program. It, it, you know, negotiating is like it, it's a sexy way of like saying, "Oh, this is in the movies, you're negotiating some contract," but that's it's one facet of. You know, one day out of like five, six, seven hundred, eight hundred days. Uh-huh. And then those other days, there are other things to do that aren't as, you know, um, glamorous, um, but they're super important. They mean a lot to the player. They mean a lot to the player's wives, girlfriends, families, moms and dads. Uh, they just, they, they want people who are going to be there for them for all these uh, legal issues. And um, if, uh, you know, I need help with something, um, this company, uh, we have, you know, we have um, two lawyers and uh, a couple of accountants and people like that. So we can outsource anybody that we need to. So with marketing and endorsement uh, procedures, uh, we can go to a marketing company and uh, it can be a bigger company for a bigger client uh, with a bigger endorsement deal and their Rolodex is deep. And you can uh, have a, a smaller one uh, that has a particular space that's very interesting for a player that loves, say, a video games. And I've got um, a marketing and endorsement guy that's very, very close with the Xbox staff. And, you know, he's one of his biggest clients and he spends a lot of time, you know, with that company. And my guy is a gamer, something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So whatever fits in, uh, is the best fit. Yeah. Or it's a moving part all the time.
0: There are moving parts for every player. Definitely lots of layers, it sounds like, going on there.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, and the bottom line is you're on the ballpark, you're trying to help the player, and you feel like that player is 99.5% doing this stuff on his his ability, his desire, his focus, and, and, you know, training and trying to reach his goals. And if there's a half a percent that you can actually help, that's what you're there for, you know. So, I mean, I feel it's like more because you're doing everything you can, but, uh, you know, you have to step back and be real. The players that are on the field are special, the ones that are in the big leagues. And uh, those guys are rare talents, and, you know, I've, I've seen players before where I just said, you know what, this guy is not even sure how he's, probably not even sure how he's hitting like this, and he just can't. You know why you're real good here? <laughs> you know, how? You don't know. You just are. <laughs> you know, it's just, you have the it factor. There are some special players that can, you know, that can do things and work hard and they've done everything they can to put themselves in a position. But a lot of baseball is about your brain and your vision and your demeanor. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's, it's hard to be calm at the plate when it's 97 and the guy's pitching in and, you know, it's, uh, you know, well-known guy throwing gas and has a nasty breaking ball and you're just, you know, you're, you're tight and you're going to sit there and worry about that breaking ball. That fastball will get you. Yeah. If you're going to worry about the fastball, you don't have the chance of the breaking ball. So, you know, the, the whole player has to be in the right presence of mind to, to, to maximize his abilities. And like, you know, like we've, we've talked about this a million times with all of your players. If you fail seventy percent of the time, you may be all star team. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You're hitting three hundred and you just maybe all star team. But yeah. so players especially have to now. deal with failure.
0: Yeah, especially now because oh, nobody yeah. really hits three hundred anymore. No, you're right. It's not a thing anymore. You know? yeah. So it's yeah. kind of the way the game's going, I guess. But Yeah, you know, the pitching lifespan, if
1: you look at Roger Clemens, he has like a twenty three year career and he just dominated every year and then, you know, twenty years later. Guys, you know, you know, how like eight years is their window. You did 12 years. That's that's awesome because I, it's I getting a, harder to, for guys to get their pensions now. Yeah,
0: I have a theory. I have a theory about that. I mean, we don't have time. We don't have time to go over all that. But I do have a theory about that. And we could probably yeah. go over that the next time. And uh yeah, I'm not surprised that you have a theory. I do. I do have a theory. Like, think about it. Like, just go back to like even when I was because you remember you know the early perfect game days, right? That's when I was coming up through the whole you know, amateur baseball scene and playing travel ball yep. and high school ball and all that stuff, but no, nobody, and I mean like nobody got Tommy John back then, you know, and that was only like 20 right. years ago, yep. so, and guys like, right. I mean, remember my dad, my dad didn't care, he would throw guys like out there 120, 150 pitchers every week, you know, and guys. But they,
1: he'd do it the right way, he yeah. would do it safely, he would do it the right way, and it wasn't like, hey, he has a rubber arm. Um It was. This is where his velocity is. This is where his effort is. This is where yeah. nothing has changed, and he's still uncomfortable in a comfortable area. Yeah. And he, you know, yeah, he could yeah. tell. Your dad yeah. had instincts that I think um you've inherited some of them, but not all of them. <laughs> not yet, anyway. Yeah, I mean, not I mean, yet. Not, anyway. not the
0: cat. I didn't inherit the calves either. Those things are.
1: You didn't know. Space. You didn't have the calves. You couldn't kick a fifty-seven-yard field goal. <laughs> and I will tell you this. I, I, I could tell you this. I have seen that man. So happy to be losing uh, five to one, and and with the bases loaded, and his pitcher on the mound tired, and he looks over at me through the fence, and I says, "Hey, Mike, hey man, it's not going so good." He goes, "Ah, oh, this is awesome. Got him right where I want him." <laughs> I said, "Wait a minute, no, no, it's five to one now. He like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, it's perfect. I got him right where I want him." We, we, I got this. We know what we're going to do now. This is perfect. They can't do this. And, and our catcher is going to backpick this guy. Uh, we got him exactly where we want him. Like, well, you only got like three more innings. Uh, <laughs> I turn away. I turn away for 20 minutes and I come back and it's like six to five. And they're about ready to win the game.
0: Yeah.
1: And he's like, oh, no, no. I, I knew it was over in that inning when you were over here. Yeah. And he's down like five to one and he knew he was going to win the game. And I'm thinking to myself, this, this, is, this is weird. He shouldn't be thinking like that. Because yeah. I saw the bases were loaded and it's one out. Yeah. But, he, uh, but yeah. yeah.
0: Was, he he but he he attracted the right guys though, the right players, you know, and if he didn't attract them, he created them, you know. He he the, the culture he that he established within, you know, within his teams was, you know, I mean, that's you you knew you were going to win did. regardless. Regardless of what the score was in the 5th or the 6th, you knew you were winning in the 7th. So it,
1: It's true. No yeah. no nobody that he brought into that system would give up. And if they did, that was it was their last game there. So he just he made he just made sure by example, yeah. and the same core guys that started the season with him pretty much ended the season with him. Yeah. and it was yeah it was successful because of some freak of nature kind of instincts and and ability to teach and you know um, and have his, the players trust him right. you know if you, if you trust your teammates and you trust your your staff and your coaches. Um, and, you know, be true to them. Those are, that's their family. You know, I mean, I'm, Christian told me plenty of times, you know, my eight or nine months a year family, I, I eat with, I shower with, um, on the road with, or on planes with, you know, we go to battle with, you know, we laugh with, we cry with. These are, just is my my family is for more than half a year, it, are my team. And um, they come first when I'm with them. They, they come first. And, mm-hmm. you know, his coaching staff, and players and I gotta tell you I, when you hear players say stuff like that you, it's it's hard to have a prouder moment than hearing that kind of stuff right. because that's what you're trying to build in your program
0: yeah yeah you're right and
1: like you said scout ball remember scout ball scout ball was fun it was awesome,
0: scout it, was it, awesome. Are,
1: unbelievable we had like the first pick overall in the draft like five different times and those guys like Garrett Cole, Strasberg, Brady Aiken Nicky Moniak and Harper those guys they were nobody better or different than anybody else on our team. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was just another teammate. And, you know, we had Aronado, um, Yelich, Austin Wilson, Tony Walters, Mike Lorenzen, um, over and over again. It was just it was an amazing group of uh, players. You know, Dylan Covey, I mean, he was kind of nervous when he first came in mm-hmm. because he was like a big fish in a little pond. And he said, wow, everybody here is really good on these Sunday teams. And, um it was a really, really fun experience, uh, for years with those guys. And they were just another guy, right. you know, just another good teammate. And, um, I don't remember any bad teammates, you know, like Tyler Chatwood. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have found Tyler Chatwood if his brother Stephen didn't play for us. <laughs> and I was talking to Chris Davis from, uh, uh, Stars and Spikes program. And I told him, I said, you know, Stephen Chatwood, you knew him very well because I think you actually kind of referred him. Stopball for us and he said yes i did I, I just gotta tell you he was one of the freakest best players ever and i said, i was questioning too when i first got him i was like a sophomore or junior i'm like is this guy going to be pedroia you know undersized and against all odds but he is a fighter and he was just awesome and he was one of the best makeup players i've ever had he just didn't quite have the physicality to take it to the next level but he would be out and fight and compete and win for his team at every level just just was just a hair shy from other things. And then his brother Tyler was like two years younger than him. And he was a freshman in high school touching 93 miles an hour on the radar going and running at six, six or six, five sixty. And I'm like, this is crazy. One of the best players here and his brother is two years younger than him with all this physical gift. Mm-hmm. And Tyler had exceptional makeup. The families have great makeup, you know, like it, Apple doesn't fall far, you know, right. kids that have the good family values and, and you know, the excellent backgrounds and the, and the support and, and you know, share the, all the good um, qualities of good teammates. Those guys end up succeeding. Right. So, yeah. Well I'm talking to you right now because <laughs> I hang around places like CBA because that's where most of the talent pools, the programs like that, you know? Right.
0: So, yeah. Well, I, I don't disagree, <laughs> but, but, um, Hey, we we are getting to that point now. Um, we're probably gonna have to cut this into like two parts too. So, yeah. which, which is fine. You know, I mean, it's, it gives people a chance to, if they want to listen to them both back to back or they can listen to one at a time they can. So, um, but you know, I really, you know, thanks again, Tom, you know, and, and, uh, just learning about, you know, AMG and, you know, uh, kind of rehashing some of the experiences that, you know, that you and my, that you and I have gone through or you and my dad or, or you know, just, you know, just yours alone and what you've, you know, what you've been able to accomplish in the games, you know, super, you know, super tremendous, man. Like you've, you've done a lot and, and the way you give back to it. And I think that's what it's, what it's really all about. So, um, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. It's
1: the least I can do. Um, Uh, you're in the trenches on a daily basis and, you know, I am I feel like I'm, uh, you know, on the outside looking in, not especially through this pandemic going on, but. not traveling as much to a game every day like i did when i was uh, scouting it was uh, a little bit of a transition but as soon as the ballpark open up um my life does get busier again i just am gonna miss the grassroots stuff i'm gonna miss going to the high school games to the to the travel baseball games the club orgs games it's gonna be uh something that i'll have to uh I have to get adjusted to and just come when I can. But that's the one thing I'll miss is what you guys are doing is, you know, tenfold. And yeah. it's well, the unrecognized stuff out there that people don't always recognize and give credit to. So, yeah, I really appreciate what you're doing. And every player seems to come from there. Yeah. Well, so, I know two guys in, you know, in uh, my corner over here have been there. So, yeah,
0: well, you're always more than welcome to come by the field when we're out when we're allowed to play again. So come hang out. Oh no, yeah, and you know we actually start practicing. We started practicing before all this uh, began, like a little bit closer to where you're, where you're out of over in the valley. Um, yeah, we're uh, in, in, either in Encino or Northridge area. Um, you know, we start practicing them. So I'm gonna start knocking on your door from time to time, just to like Steve Urkel. Well, that uh, that field
1: at cartoonian uh, field is getting a little bit of use now. They're starting to yeah. yeah, starting to spark it up and pop the fence and play a little bit over there. I think yeah. people,
0: I mean, fields are, field, fields are made to be played on. I, I, I thought that, you know, so no
1: doubt. <laughs> yeah. So. Fences never kept guys like us out.
0: Yeah. So, all right. Well, I really appreciate it, Tom. And, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll get you, get you on again soon and, and discuss some more, more, to, more topics surrounding AMG and just baseball in general. But, um, to everybody else out there listening in, thanks for thanks for sticking this one out and and um, you know if you can just go ahead and hit the subscribe button, uh, share this with a friend. Um, you know I say this after every episode; it sounds like a broken record, but you know if you haven't done it yet, I'm, that's why I'm reminding you. So um, and leave a review because you know and, and any honest feedback is great. You know so I'd prefer if you just like reach out to me directly if it's negative, but if you need to put it on the Apple review uh, thing over at the bottom of the podcast, go ahead and do that too. That's fine. So um but you know till next time we're going to sign off now and then we'll uh, we'll have some some other you know pretty cool people that are going to join us in the near future and until then we'll talk to you guys soon Don't